quote by Anais says, life shrinks and expands in proportion to one's courage. To prove this right, we have author Tanushri Podar ma'am, who is born in New Delhi. Tanushri worked in the corporate sector for eight long years before she quit the rat race to write. Hello and hi, I'm your host Neelshri and you are tuned into Author Report all about authors. Let us know more about Tanushri ma'am before we actually start the authorish chat with her. Well-known travel writer and novelist, she is passionate about traveling and writing. Climate change and the environment are of special interest to her. Tanushri enjoys writing in various genres. This has led her writing in historical, military, crime and paranormal genres for adults and children. She has written many non-fiction books before moving to fiction and has published 17 novels. Among her books are Noor Jahan's Daughter, Boots, Belts, Berets, On the Double, Escape from Harem, Solo in Singapore, A Closet Full of Skeletons, Before You Breathe, No Margin for Error, The Teenage Diary of Rani Lakshmibai, The Girl in Green, An Invitation to Die, Spooky Stories, more spooky stories and Ambapali. I suppose Ambapali is the recent one, right? Yes, of course. Decoding the Feronia Files, written by her, is the first Indian cli-fi thriller. Three of her books, Boots, Belts, Spirits, A Closet Full of Skeletons and The Girls in Green, are being adapted into web series. So, very firstly, I will congratulate you for that. And she is Thank based you, in Pune. She is based in Pune. So, hello and hi, ma'am. How are you? Hi, Nilshri. So nice to be here chatting with you. I'm fine. It's my privilege to interview you today. But uh, the very first question that has hit my mind is, what is a cli-fi? This is the first time I'm listening this term. So I would like to uh, like you to elaborate what is cli-fi for all of our listeners today. As you know, the climate around us has been changing and we are seeing it in many ways. The manifestation of a climate change is all around us, whether it is tsunamis or earthquakes or, you know, uh, the recent case of the cracks that have come up in Joshimat. All these are because certain some place we have disturbed nature and the ecosystem and the weather has also changed. So climate has a lot to do with our lives. And if it changes drastically now because of the warming, you see the glaciers melting and the floods happening, the tsunami is happening. These are all happening because of the warming up of the climate. So, you know, climate fiction actually deals with that core as it, the core of the story is a climate. Okay. And there after you build a story around it to make it interesting. So, and that is climate fiction. In short, it is cli-fi. It's a branch of sci-fi, actually. Yes, I have heard of sci-fi, but cli-fi was new. So I thought, why not educate our listeners as well? And thank you for that beautiful uh, explanation, ma'am. Let us start our authorish chat now. The very first question that I want to ask you here is, where do you get your writing inspiration from? Nilshri, I think inspiration is all around us. Everything you see and read is an inspiration. So for me, inspiration is, you know, from the talk that I hear around me, from the news I read in the newspapers and the books I read, everything, everything, anything can, you know, trigger an idea and inspire me to write. 
And sometimes it is something which, you know, I feel very strongly about. I write about those things, like the clarify, for instance. I feel very passionately about the weather that are changes that are happening around us, the climate that is changing. And so I decided that I should, you know, write something about it. And that is how I came to write the clarify, decoding the Feronia files. I have somewhere read that, you know, inspiration is all around you. You just need that perspective. So I think that is uh, what you also are trying to say here, that inspiration is all around you. You need that perspective. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Uh, right now, uh, what I'll do is I'll twist a very popular question. So in author's case, I would like to ask what comes first, the plot or the characters? You see, uh, this question is something which gets banded about quite often. The thing is that, you know, you cannot have a plot without characters and you can't have characters without a plot. So I think it's something like the egg came first or the chicken came first kind of a thing. But for me, I have to have a kind of a vague plot in mind. I should know what I'm going to write about, what I'm going to write. And thereafter, I look for the characters to populate that story. Because if I don't, you know, I can't build a story around a character. For mm -hmm. me, it is always a story and the characters that inhabit that story. Absolutely. I mean, that is how, because then characters are something we can introduce through the process as well. They might come in, they might go out, but the plot remains there. But having said that, I think for my latest book, Ambapali, I sort of built a story around the character. So the plot, of course, the basic framework was there, but the character is so strong in this case that you can develop a story around the character. So, you know, it varies from case to case, I would say. Yes, I do agree because uh, I think in case of Ambapali, once as you had the character so strongly fixed in your mind that it took you to that time era and then the plot was like automatically there for you. So there was uh, not... Because she much... inspires. Yes. Yeah, yes. she inspires. Her character inspires a story. And of course, I have given a very different story from what you one usually reads or hears about her. My story is very, very different. And uh, to a certain extent... The contemporary issues also echo in it, though it is set in 500 BC. Yes. This, that would be an author's vision, I would say, to merge two eras and then bring it out so beautifully. So kudos to you for that, ma'am. And uh, Thank you, the next Rish. question I would like to ask is, does writing energize you or does it exhaust you? You know, the very fact that you hit upon a story and a plot forms in your mind is very, very exciting. It is like, you know, exhilarating. You just want to get down to putting it on paper. And that itself is something very energizing. The whole process of beginning the story and developing it further is a very energizing thing. I don't think uh, it can be exhausting. Let's move ahead then. I would request you to share an early age experience which made you realize that language has power. Since since we have mentioned in your introduction that you have moved from corporate to writing, so there would have been some moment of realization. I would like to, you to share that moment. 
I think uh, I have been aware about the power of language from a very early age, even as a child, because I was always surrounded by books and the power of language and the word spoken or even written was always something we were made aware of because my mother was a very literary person. She was a postgraduate in literature and she had a lot of, you know, writing. I think we grew up to hear a lot of stories and whatever she found interesting, she read out to us or made us read it. Mm -hmm. And that itself became a, you know, turning point in my life when I realized how powerful some books or some words can be. They can, you know, trigger your imagination. You can imagine and sort of visualize the whole story. True. Very true. Okay. So do you think someone who does not have, uh, you know, does not feel emotions very strongly can write equally impactfully? I think it is difficult. You know, a writer has to be very sensitive and to understand what your character is going to, you know, be saying and how he is going to react to a certain situation requires a lot of sensitivity. So uh, basically a writer who has not much feeling or sensitivity, I wonder how he or she can put those feelings in the characters and how would that person make the character come alive? Because that would require a depth of emotions we all are humans and we have very strong emotions. We react according to the emotion to situations. Yes. So the story has to proceed further and the characters have to react to situations. So I just can't imagine that. Very true because uh, what happens is I have noticed in my case, whenever something I write, which I have felt strongly, there is a very good response to that piece of writing that I get because it reflects in the writing that's what I feel whatever a, an author a writer writes with strong emotions at that particular time totally resonates with the reader as well absolutely because uh, you see you're putting your heart and soul in it okay so moving ahead did your process or method uh, change after publishing your first book uh, yes of course <laughs> <laughs> when I started writing, uh, we used to have, uh, you know, typewriters. <laughs> My first freelancing began with portable typewriter. Mm. And that was a very cumbersome thing because it took a long time. And if you wanted to change anything, you used a kind of a white ink to mm. obliterate that word and retype. It was a very, very tedious process. So... In a day, you would maybe type out, say, four max pages. And of course, it used to be exhausting also. And I think the thoughts didn't flow as freely that time because you're concentrating on getting it right on the paper yes. and then taking a printout. It was not a printout, actually. It was there for yes. you to type. And then things changed and there was this uh, uh, computer progress from word star to word seven word star seven to you know the windows mm -hmm. so i think life became much easier for authors after that and for me in the process of uh, you know going from this end to that end of the spectrum was so 
energizing because I realized I can work so much faster and do so much more. So everything changed with that. That is great. And that is the reason why we have so many lovely books from you to read then. That has given us one reason for that as well. (laughs) Thank you. I would like to know if you have come across any unethical practice in the publishing industry. Nilshi, as you know, uh, there are several such publishing houses which do not really have ethical practices. And uh, today, almost everyone wants to write. Everyone I come across wants to be a writer. So what happens in the process is it's very easy to exploit for a publishing house, which is not ethical. Mm-hmm. It is very easy. So they make the authors pay for the books that they print. And some I have heard even insist that the author buys X number of copies. Mm-hmm. So they neither market nor pay the author. The author pays for the printing, pays mm-hmm. for the promotion, pays for the books, and then she has to sell it to whoever, you know, So I find that very unacceptable. You know, it's something very unethical. The second thing I have realized is the amount of money that an author makes is so pitiable. It's so pitiable. Miss, imagine, uh, like I spend up to to a year on a book. Mm -hmm. And I have heard, not in my case, I am perhaps a few, uh, among the few fortunate ones who get reasonably okay payments but there are cases where you know people are working almost for nothing and when you sort of calculate and quantize the work say a year 365 days and even if you're putting say two hours or three hours the payment you get ultimately is less than the minimum wages paid to a laborer which is really pathetic Really pathetic, considering the kind of emotion, physical work, and the, you know, otherwise, whatever the author has invested in a book gives nothing. I have published, self published, I would say, six books under my name. And uh, the struggle to promote these books has been a different story. I would not go there today. But I would frankly say that even today, uh as you mentioned i have not earned a considerable you know significant amount of money which i can proudly say in numbers and i would be very Absolutely. frank and open for that because yes that is the case and and this field is very exhausting you know coming up with ideas and plots and creative being creative with words again the whole process is so exhausting and then when there is nothing at the other end, it's it's really disheartening. Frustrating. Yes. Yeah, I think it's quite frustrating. And uh, perhaps that is one of the reasons that many people give up after a while. Yeah. But the fact is that, you know, some are invested so heavily into, you know, their passion that they continue despite not making anything. But I think there should be some kind of a fair wages system or something wherein at least the writers get paid some profit out of the sale proceeds or whatever. But then again, it's a very competitive place and few are fortunate. 
I think to that extent, Kindle has opened a few doors which can really work for the people. Yes, yes. Kindle has uh, worked in a way that it has been in support of authors. So in one way, that is very favorable for authors as well. Yeah. Okay, so as we have spoken about a lot of time and energy being invested, I would like to ask, please mention one best investment as a writer that you feel you have made. Uh, see, um, for a writer, I think it is very important to get some acknowledgement of the work. So when I invest my time and energy and a writer's life is a very lonely life, you have no time for, you know, society and uh, get togethers and all that because you're always trying to find time for your work yeah. so you're sort of cut off from the main social scene mm -hmm. so you invest a lot of yourself in a book mm -hmm. I have invested a lot of myself in most of my books and I think that is why when the reader reads a certain book it resonates with him because there's so much of the truth the emotions are so raw and real. So that investment is something which I really think has paid off for, because when I get the acknowledgements, mm -hmm. sometimes like in case of Boots Bells Berries, I have had boys who have joined NDA and come up and said, we were inspired and motivated because of the book. And that is not one odd case. There are hundreds of them. And I come oh. across them almost every day. They get back on the social media. They get back. Even when I'm going somewhere, traveling, I come across someone. They, you know, say this. And it is such a rewarding feeling that and satisfying that you have invested yourself so much in a book. And it has really worked for someone. So I would say that is a fruitful investment. Oh, very, very much. I would say it's... It's the best uh, acknowledgement and I would say the mission behind writing the book is accomplished <laughs> with that. Totally. <laughs> yes. Totally. So moving ahead, I would like to ask you what, according to you, is the deciding factor of a book's success? Can anyone say that, Neelshree? <laughs> Can anyone say why a movie runs? Why Friday, you know, brings so much anxiety to the actors? They don't know whether their movie is going to work or not oh, work. No. Why did Pathan work? Why didn't the better movies work? So, you know, these are questions which no one has been able to find an answer to. Mm -hmm. And similarly, there are books in the market which have sold hundreds of copies only because the writer has a good network, mm -hmm. you know, yes, or a marketing skill. And... Uh, many times, you know, when I have picked up such a book, I have been very, very disappointed. So no one can say really, is it the quality of the book? Is it the quality of writing? Or is it the marketing? What has worked for a book? I think that's a very, very difficult question. And I think to a certain extent, I would say it is destiny of a book which takes it wherever it has to go. Oh, absolutely. Because we usually, you know, come across... Uh... Posts on social media that say I have sold one lakh copies in a month. And I keep thinking a total of sale of six of my books has not reached 100 yet. How are they managing one lakh copies? Like, how is it even possible? Yes, maybe. Nishri, let me tell you, if you were to pick up that book and read, you'd find you, 
you'll be very disappointed. So that's what I was coming to, that what makes the book sell, whether it is a marketing effort, a very good marketer. We know there are people who are specialists in marketing and they have launched their books and they have been successful. So nothing is known about the, you know, truth. Yes, uh, my next question, I suppose you have already partially answered, but I'll still ask, what does literary success mean to you? To me, literary success, again, like I said, is recognition of my work. And, you know, that my book appeals to some people, wherein it has changed a life. Even if I were to, you know, be successful in changing one life during my lifetime, I think that's the biggest reward that I can hope for. So literary success would mean just that. Touching a heart, transforming a life, making a difference. Even one piece of writing that the reader is finding useful is the success of the writer, I would say. Absolutely. Yes, we are coming towards the end of this session and uh, I would like to request you if you have any you know, message for our listeners. Also, I would like you to mention where all your books is, books are available for purchase. Of the uh, My books are available, I think, in all bookstores, physicals, mm-hmm. and also online, mm-hmm. in all online stores. Okay, so on Amazon and everywhere. And, uh, are available. Yeah, everywhere. Flipkart, okay. Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. Mm-hmm. So for the readers, I'll say be true to yourself and pick books on the merit of the book not on the publicity or on the marketing and if you like a book the best service you can do for the author is to put up a post appreciating it even if it was just two words even if it was saying rubbish or very good it makes a lot of difference if you like a book say it and for the writers I would say hang on there's always hope there's always light at the end of the, end tunnel. Of the tunnel. Yes. <laughs> this chat that I had, that Nilshree had with Tanushree, ma'am, I would like to call it a masterclass, guys, because I feel honored and privileged to have Tanushree, ma'am, today with me, hearing from her and uh, sharing little bits of mine as well. So thank you for your precious and valuable time, ma'am. Your advices, I'll try to follow and we at Authorupod, we team Authorupod wishes you lots of success with your magical words and wish you a great time ahead and to our listeners guys uh, our April edition will be out soon it is special in many ways I would say because we are going to complete one year this will be our anniversary special edition so keep checking our website and social media as well all the notifications will be uploaded there Thank you, guys. Congratulations on completing one year. And I thank everyone for listening in. Thank you, Nilshi, for having me and the Orthropod team as well. It, it is a delight. It is a pleasure to have you, ma'am. Thank you. Mm-hmm.